Hey, everybody. Welcome back to D3 Glory Days, the Outdoor Championship Prediction Show. This is a fun one to make, talk track for about an hour or so. If you want to get in on the action and make your own prediction, head to the link in our bio, head to the link in the show notes. You can fill yours out. Still time. Again, they're due Thursday at noon. I went on and got Annie Rodenfels and Jordan Carpenter to help me make these picks as Noah was unable to make it. This was a fun one. Hope you enjoy. Best of luck to everyone this weekend. For those competing, for those coaching, the athletes, everyone involved. This is a, It's been four straight nationals that have been canceled, so it's great that we have a national meet back in Division Three. All right, here's the glory days. But first, a quick message from Chris Chavez. Hello there, D3 Glory Days listeners. Chris Chavez here with a special offer from our friends over at Whoop. Whoop is a fitness wearable that provides 24-7 personalized insights around your sleep, recovery, and daily activity. So whether you're looking to break five minutes for the mile like me, or you're trying to run your first ever 5K, Whoop has helped runners of all backgrounds train smarter and recover faster so they can get to the starting line healthy. I've been wearing my Whoop since December 2019, so now I've got 10 lines on both of my arms. One of them is my watch, and the other one is my Whoop, which weighs absolutely nothing and focuses on the 23 hours of the day when your body's just getting ready for the next run. So what are some ways that a Whoop is different from a GPS watch? Well, it gives you a personalized recovery score based on all things like your resting heart rate, your sleep, your respiratory rate, so you actually know if you're going to crush those track repeats the next day or if the legs are feeling good. The app has a built-in feature like the Strain Coach, which you could see how hard you're pushing your body every day, and then you could set goals based on your body's recovery. Overtraining and injuries are a huge problem for every runner, but Whoop can help you reduce those risks by listening to the underlying factors that are affecting your performance. My personal favorite is the Sleep Coach, which provides you with personalized sleep information and recommendations based off your previous night's sleep and how active you were over the course of the day. Because everyone should know at this point that the runner's best way to combat injury is by getting quality sleep. It's done wonders for me because now I will go to bed at certain times because it says if you go to bed by this time, you'll be fully recovered for your workout the next day. And as it gathers more and more data, it's able to tailor all of that information to your body's needs so that you can perform better. Whoop is offering 15% off with the code Sidious at checkout. That's C-I-T-I-U-S at checkout. Visit whoop.com and enter Sidious at checkout to save 15% off. Sleep better, recover faster, and run faster. Get to the starting line healthy with Whoop. Now enjoy a nice episode of D3 Glory Days with Stu and Noah. Welcome back to D3 Glory Days. That's right, two episodes in a week. We're bringing you all the content and coverage surrounding the outdoor championships today. Unfortunately, my partner in crime, Noah Drotti, cannot join us today. He has practice, but he has left me with his prediction sheet. So I went out and got some help. I am bringing back two former guests. That's right, two people who are coming back this week on the podcast in two different podcasts, four returning guests, unheard of. I'm joined by Annie Rodenfels and Jordan Carpenter to bring the athlete and coach perspective. Thank you both for joining us, or me, I guess. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks for having us. <laughs> we're here. I've got not, nothing else going on. So so we're happy to be here. Oh, you got so much going on. And we'll and we'll get into that here in a little bit. But no, thank you both. It's gonna be fun to talk, you know, both your experiences at the national meet and hear some of your predictions. So that way we can give some hot takes and people are just gonna have to deal with it. So to start, Andy, we had you on episode two, way back when you were just coming off your last national meet and we're beginning your pro career, you know, in three minutes, tell us how it's been going. You've obviously qualified for the Olympic trial, so it's definitely going well. So how is it being a, a pro runner? It's good. Um, it gets really boring, um, but <laughs> I feel like that's kind of the point. Um, it's been good. It's been an adjustment, definitely coming from um, the top of D3 to the, pretty much the bottom of professional running. But it's been it's been an exciting experience. Um, a little a little more boring than I think it would have been just with the pandemic. Uh, pretty much just trained through almost the entire year with no races, but have been hitting the track a little bit. Got um, yeah, the Olympic trials ran a whole minute faster than I did in college in the 5k in December. So it's been good. Yeah. Yeah. So you left college as what? 1620, 1630 for the 5k and now yeah. you run 1535. Yeah. 1635 was my college PR now 1535. So exact minute. <laughs> yeah, I mean, That's awesome. And, and yeah. now you had the Olympic trials. Are you getting excited for that? It's almost in a month from now. Yeah. Yeah. It is in a month. Yeah. I am excited. I've been working on the hurdles very hard, um, way more than I ever did in college, but it's definitely been good. So doing a little bit of everything. I've come down, ran a 1500 to get some speed in. I've been running 5k. So just preparing as best as I can. Yeah. Awesome. It's been fun following you and, and seeing the improvement and, and showing that, you know, give D3 runners a chance and they can, and they can yeah. blossom into a, a strong runner. Well, not that you weren't strong, but you know, you're, you're qualifying for the trials and running massive PR. So that's awesome. Jordan, you're coaching at Pomona Pitzer yet. You guys aren't on campus right now. So what have you been up to since we spoke to you after winning the 2019 cross country title? Yeah. So yeah, it's, I mean, it's been a challenging year. Um, in, in more ways than one. And I think everybody can relate in, in some form or fashion to that. But, uh, you know, we've been doing what we can. So our, our group's still been training, um, just doing it in, in kind of a remote setting. Um, you know, we had some athletes, you know, decide to live together and that way they could train and do, do classes together. So we had a couple of different groups this spring, um, one, one based in Asheville, North Carolina. Um, and they actually got to do some races uh, at a handful of meets in the area, which was really fun. Um, you know, running untouched, but um, some really impressive times, performances uh, in, in Division Three, and then we had another group, kind of on the West Coast um, in uh, Vancouver, Washington, um, and same same thing. So doing what we can, and and you know now we're getting excited to kind of transition our group into summer training, and you know come back with with the goal of of being really good this fall for cross country. So it's been tough, but we're excited for for what's coming. Yeah. What's been like the most challenging aspect of just not being with your team for an entire year. And then everyone else at least has them for maybe a semester or so. Yeah. I think, you know, from their perspective, definitely the motivation can be tough, um, especially if they weren't in an area where they could race and compete. It's, it's tough to go, you know, now we're over a year of, of training solo for some of them. So that's, that's definitely tough from their perspective. From my perspective, it's, 
it, it's tough to know how the training is really going when I'm just seeing comments online. Definitely gives me appreciation for coaches that coach remotely. Um, it, it's very different. You know, you don't get to see the workouts. You don't get your eyes on it. And you, it, it's hard to make those, you know, in-workout adjustments that we do as coaches. And um, so that's been a challenge. Um, but, you know, doing the best we can. And, you know, we've utilized some different tools like training peaks and, and things like that to, to kind of help bring in some more of that uh, feedback. Awesome. And, you know, we haven't seen a lot of your guys' times yet this year. What can we expect from the reigning cross-country national champions next year? You know, we got some talent. We got talent. We got guys that work really hard. You know, our freshmen that we had a bunch of freshmen uh, that got to race and they did some impressive things. We had a, an athlete run 150.9 uh, as a first year in the 800. Uh, we had a, an athlete run 354 in the 15. And we had two guys as first years break 1440 uh, for 5K. So certainly winning is not the only goal. Um, there's a lot of things that go into that. But, you know, we want to give ourselves a chance. We want to line up at the national meet and, and think of, if we have our day that, you know, we can win again. Awesome. It's going to be fun to see you guys get back on the racing, see all that training coming back because both the men and the women this year, you know, those layoffs of not racing and training have really shown um, what you can do with just a year of training and not racing. I think we've seen that in the descending order list and what it took to make the national meet this year. So as we begin the prediction side of things, Annie, take us through kind of what's in the mindset of someone who's going to be doubling um, at a meet like this, especially with the heat in North Carolina this year. Uh, yeah, first of all, um, I live in Greenville, South Carolina, so we're like three hours um, south, but it's hot here. <laughs> I'd like to start out by saying that it's been like upper nine or like mid nineties currently. So um, yeah, I mean, when I was in college, I think the warmest it was, was in Ohio and it was still warm there, but like that, it is not the same type of heat. So I think that's going to be a big factor for people doubling. Um, I will say this, that this year, the steeple 5k is easier. They took away, it looks like the prelims for the steeple um, and moved the steeple final to the day before. So I feel like if there's any year to do it, it's, it's now, I don't know if they'll go back and go back to like the prelims of the steeple, um, which was obviously like a whole thing within itself. But I mean, now you can do the steeple one day, have the whole next day to recover before doing the 5k again at the end. When I did it, I had prelims two days before I think, yeah, full day of recovery, but then finals same day, a couple hours in between. So I think that will help. Um, it makes it more feasible, definitely. But I think the big thing is just recovering um, as soon as you can. If it's hot, which it was my senior year, just staying inside, lots of ice. Um, my trainer was there. I think she cupped my shoulders in between because I was like tight from running like basically all the hurdling and stuff. So yeah, it's pretty much just like not doing anything, which is kind of hard, especially if you have like teammates there. Um, you want to watch the races. You just kind of have to stay focused on like, what you're doing and like recovering, because that's going to be the way to give your team the best chance if you can win both or score a lot of points in both. So yeah, with the field sizes, then not dramatically increasing, but it's 12, it's 17 and 19 now compared to what a final would be normally. So what do you do in a steeple when it's that crowded? Do you have any <laughs> advice for anyone who may be running that listening right now? I mean, if you're capable, get away from people. <laughs> um, I feel like 
Um, I can't speak for the men's because I've obviously never raced in a men's D3, but in the women's D3, it's kind of right on the line of people who have done it a lot and people who are just fast and never done it before. And that can get really dangerous. Um, I mean, I double step in the barrier. So speaking as someone who does that, like you can get in the way of people. Um, so if people are doing that, if they're falling, if they're stepping on the barriers, you can get really entangled. So, I mean, if you're capable and you don't necessarily have maybe a lot of bigger hopes in other races later, I would just kind of get away from people, whether that be like taking it a little hard at the beginning and then slowing down and running the same pace as everyone. But yeah, it's definitely can get really tricky in the steeple just because people may have not done it a lot. So, yeah. Speaking as someone who was often in the pack in the steeple race, <laughs> uh, who couldn't run away from everybody. Yeah, it's, it's it's tough and and yeah normally it's a 14 man final on the or man or woman um and, and now you're going to 17 on the men's side 19 on the women's you're going to want clear views of of the barriers and that's i think the biggest thing those first couple laps is it's okay to swing into lane three um and get a clear view of, of what you're coming up to to hurdle um or, or for the water um, i think that's the biggest thing and, and the race is usually spread out pretty quick where you just have to kind of survive that first barrier is always mayhem and then the first water jump once you get once i always got through those and i was always pretty confident i was going to make it through the race but those are always the uh tricky parts and yeah. the last one the last one too uh, like don't lose it on the last one <laughs> please like that happens way too often just if you're not around anyone get over it safely and then speed up just get through it please <laughs> Yeah, you, you hate to see it, but Evan Jager, you know, just missing breaking eight because of it. I uh, can't recall if anyone might have fallen in a, in a national before, but I'm surely it's D1, uh, oh, yeah. the last one. Yeah, Daniel Mikowski, I think his name is. Yeah, he fell last one and lost. He was ahead. I think he ended up eighth. From a coach's perspective, you know, we're seeing some social media that teams are already there right now. And it's a long way till the final day on Saturday. You know, what's the message to a lot of your athletes right now? It's Tuesday afternoon and you don't, you know, potentially race in the 5k final until four o'clock on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, you're trying to make it as, as a normal of experience as, as you can, as far as the running goes, obviously you're going to go do some team meals. You're probably going to explore the area a little bit, do all of that. Um, which is, it's always a fun part of the experience of, of going to a national meet. Um, but yeah, you're just, you're trying to treat it like any other race. You know, we've, you've prepared all year long, you know, you've done all these other races and for a lot of athletes, like you mentioned with, with the layoff, there's a, a huge chunk of these fields that this is their first national meet. Um, probably more so than we've ever had before. You know, a lot of these fields are over, over half of people that have never seen a national meet. So it's going to be new for everybody. So it's just managing those emotions, um, you know, trying to, to not use all of your mental energy in the days before just worrying about the race and, and trying to think about other things. Yeah. Getting your mind off the race and, and focusing on just the team and not having the, the pressures around, I think is going to be key. And I think that's a great point you mentioned, you know, it is kind of difficult to figure out what year people are because of, of eligibility wise, everything like that. But a lot of those freshmen, all of those sophomores potentially have never been at a national meet before because of last year missing. So the, the freshmen in the field could actually be sophomores with, with exactly the same experience, which is, which is none. So let's get into it here lay some predictions down. If you're listening to this, it's Wednesday morning. You still have time to fill out your prediction sheet on our 
Google, Google form. It's up on link in our bio and in the show notes. Yeah, you have till uh, noon on Thursday to fill it out. And so we're going to kind of go through ours and give our picks. I have Noah's, so we'll see how bad they are and we can make fun of him while he's not here. <laughs> so let's start with how just in order the way the sheet goes. And I'm sure we're going to, everyone's going to steal our picks because if we're going to have a podcast about it, we better be know what we're talking about, right? So let's start with the women's hundred. Annie, who do you got? I got favor. Favor to win? Um, yeah. Yeah. Favor is my favor to win. I think um, in my research, she's, I mean, she's entered in a lot of events. So that's always kind of iffy, but I mean, I remember her being there. I thought she was a senior when I was there as a senior in indoor. I remember her winning awards. And so I just feel like she has the experience. It is hard to tell exactly who has the experience and who hasn't. Cause I agree with not being able to tell what age anyone is, which is very confusing, but um, she's shown up before. I don't think she's won a title yet, um, but, and I think she'll, I think she's entered in three events. She's definitely going to win in one. Um, so throwing it to the win there. I'm going to give it to favor. Yeah. I've got, I've got favor second. I think she's, she's going to have a lot of, she's got a lot of events to do. I think, I think she wins the 110. I think she's seated either first or second in that event as well. You know, I went with the favorite. Um, my, my 100 meter uh, picks are boring because I have the top three. <laughs> as the top three seeds. Not, not all of them are that way, but this one, that that's where I went. I have favor then Bailey and then the third seed Adalia Coleman from Bridgewater. Um, I think it's, it's with the sprinting events, you know, you're coming on hot at the end here. A lot of these times have been run this month. And when you're on fire sprinting, I feel like you've got to keep that consistency. And yeah, I think favor it's going to, it's a toss up. Honestly, I feel like if there are betting odds on this, it'd be her and Bailey in a dead heat because, you know, favored will have the one tens, the 200 and this Bailey has the 200 and the hundred. We're going to see Bailey. We're going to see favorite in this entire weekend in those two events. And then I think uh, agreeing with Annie there, favorite takes it in the hurdles. She went down to the, what Texas relays I saw um, and competed against some of the bigger names and, and did really well there. So yeah, my pick, like I said, I'm, I'm going favor, but I think it is going to be, I think it's going to be really close. And they're, they're not too far off from the all-time top 10 mm. either. So with some hot, hot temperatures, we can see some hot times, hopefully. In the men's, the Drotty pick, he is going favor Bailey. And then he's going to go down to number four, Amina Crawford of Beloit for third. So mm. I think across the board here, we have the similar idea with uh, favor and Bailey. And yeah, we're going to, it's going to be fast. It's going to be fun. On the men's side, is it fairly similar taking the favorites here in this one? I've got, I've got Derek first. I feel like the men's is a kind of a toss up. I don't really, I can't really tell. Second, I've got Seth Holden. I just skipped Jameer Beasley all the way. I don't know why. I just, I feel like UW lacrosse, there's more expectations with the team title there or it's on the women's side. Well, still like been there before expectations. Um, third, I've actually got other, I've got to give it to center college JP Vaught. He's, Ranked a little lower, but I've got to I've got to put some home team love there. So I'm gonna give him third. We love the Homer picks. <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got Seth Holden with the win. UW Lacrosse. They're gonna be in the 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 battle for the team title. I think it's uh, we'll get to that later, but it's gonna be tight. And and this is gonna be points that they need. Um, he's also been really consistent. He's run a, a bunch of different performances. You know, between that 10-4 and and 10-6 and. 
some of the other guys don't have as many of those. And, and I think in the hundred it's consistency, like uh, maybe someone's a day is better, but if he just goes and has a B day, I think he's going to be top three. Um, so his a day is, is uh, also in, in the mix for the win. I have, I have Beasley from Rowan second. Um, they're a really strong program. They always have really great sprints relays at, at that program. And then I've got uh, Derek Jackson uh, for third. Again, I think he's the wild card. Like he, he popped off that time uh, this past week um, and hadn't even been qualified uh, before that and, and runs the fastest time in the country. So it'll be interesting. Obviously, we the ceiling's there. It was a wind legal time. Um, but yeah, it's going to be fun. Noah has Derek Jackson, Jameer Beasley, and then Ryan Miller skipping out on Seth Holden all together. Also, I'm surprised you're taking a UW lacrosse guy after graduating from UW Oshkosh. <laughs> you can get drilled for that now. It pains me, but you know, I know what the Wy- I know what the Wyack brings and you know, when in doubt, like, you know, you go Wyack, uh, they're gonna pull it out. Yeah, I, I like Derek Jackson. I think, like I said, it um, you know, having run a quick time and it was win was 0.4. So he's probably got the fastest time right now, you know, outright, even with the win there. Um, I'm gonna take him. I'm taking I'm gonna go one, two, three, which is what I had on my on my paper, because Rowan's gonna be in the mix as well for the team title and then um, Seth Holden, as we mentioned with lacrosse, my dark horse, and I don't know if we've done dark horses yet, but I'm going to go with Devin Ward from John Carroll. He's had a lot of experience at the national meet, um, and they're going to be in the hunt too, potentially for a trophy with, especially with what they got going on the distance side of things. So him and his teammate are six, seven right now, and I'm sure they're going to want to be moving up a little bit for some scoring. So an event that we threw in because it is very close is the women's high jump. I didn't want to throw in just, you know, events with people who are outright winners and it's going to be a blowout in some of those field events. And so the women's high jump is separated by 0.04 meters, one through eight. So really, especially in the high jump, it's a toss up. When I was coaching at DePauw, um, there was a jump off after the big rain delay at UW lacrosse and I'm forgetting her name, that. but she was from Ohio Wesleyan won it on this jump off. And I think she wasn't even in the top eight to begin with. So Sears Robinson. So that's, I think this is gonna be a fun event. I think it's a complete toss up. Um, so Annie, you want to start us off? I just went one, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> they were the three with the highest jumps. And I was like, I don't know. So, um, plus I thought you, Claire, I don't know. I just feel like the UW schools always show up better. Um, I don't think either of the other schools are necessarily schools that don't come a lot to nationals, but UW has the experience at almost any of them of like showing up, winning titles, maybe be more prepared. I know nothing else about these girls. So I went one, two, three that way. <laughs> exactly how it's ordered. Yeah. I've actually got, uh, you know, I've got Colby, um, with Johnson winning, I've got uh, Bailey from Eau Claire second. And then I've actually got uh, uh, Jaden from Tufts uh, third. And, and the, the reason why for, for those schools, I know that the NESCAC, um, they haven't had a ton of opportunities um, and they've been doing some really small meets. So I think there's going to be a lot of athletes uh, that made it into the meet from those schools uh, that maybe haven't gotten the opportunity to really have that big performance yet. So I think we're going to see a lot of those athletes pop off uh, across the events. Yeah, Noah went, um, Sylvian Momont from Stevens Point, Bailey in second, and then Colleen Howard of Salisbury in third. Uh, Jordan, I had a similar mindset to you. I actually went 
Apple, then Johnson won two, the Mezcac, you're right. They've been competing against like three other teams out East in the spring is probably pretty windy. And I know there's some rainy meets as well. So not getting the best weather. And then um, Eau Claire Bailey for third, they're going to need points in the team battle. And uh, you know, having a nation leading is a strong pick for third. And then we had men's long jump thrown in the mix. Another dead heat with the um, one, two, both jump in 7.54 meters. I'll start with Noah and then we can go over to you, Annie. Noah had Rowan's Nana Agamon, Justin Kiefel of Carnegie Mellon at two, and then Amir Johnson of Rowan at three. Mm. Wow. Rowan with two guys in the top three. That's going to be big yeah. for the team battle. Okay. Mine was similar. I took Rowan um, Nana's first and then I just thought, your teammates going first. You have no other choice. You rise up, you go second. So I took Amir Johnson for second. And then I gave um, Justin third. I mean, he still has good bit higher or farther than um, Egypt page from SUNY Brockport. So a little out of order, but similar. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I went with the, the Rowan one, two, uh, they're going to be in the mix for a trophy when it comes to sprints, jumps, hurdles, Rowan, Rowan gets it done. Um, so yeah, I've got them one, two in, in the order. And then I've got a, a, an upset for third that, you know, I've got to go Rivers from UW Oshkosh, you know, the alma mater. So, <laughs> so I've got him, I got him having a day getting third. Um, and we'll see. Oshkosh has two uh, in this field, which uh, only projected one point, but uh, an opportunity for them to, to get some big team points. Yeah, I agree with you. I like the Rowan one too, which is too fun not to, but I want the opposite order. I want Amir and then Nana, and then I'll have a Homer pick as well. I know the coach is down at Trinity, Texas. So I'll take Sean Majors for third, Lauren Leffler, DePaul alum, Lauren Reich on our podcast. Um, she just had a baby. So congratulations to Lauren, if you're listening and hope Sean gets third. All right. Distance time stuff we know about. Yeah, don't take anything we had talked about before <laughs> as being anything because we we know nothing when it comes to sprints and jumps. I saw someone tweet like, can you please stop putting results in feet? We have no idea what that means. And I was like, no, please do. I know way more what that means than <laughs> meters, but maybe that's just me being a distance guy. All right, Annie, start us off. Women's 800, I think, will be a showdown, especially with Esther and Emily Pomainville. We had that at the NYC Qualifier Trials of Miles on the Sidious Mag YouTube channel, and now we get part two. However, Esther is going all in on the eight, so let's hear your mm -hmm. thoughts. Yeah, I'm, I'm giving this to Esther. I think she ran that 202 at the New York City Qualifier. I think, I mean, that's got to give you confidence. Um, I think Emily ran a 204 again, head to head. I mean, that gives you confidence. She knows that's all she's doing. Easy to focus, just one race. You don't care how fast it goes. You don't care if you have to run your hardest or PR to do it. Um, I think that gives her a pretty good head. Um, my second, I actually gave to Sydney Packard. Um, she's only run a 209, but um, it looks like the last time she was really in 800 that she didn't win was indoor in which she ran a 206. So I think she rises the occasion, beats out Emily. I hate to give Emily that card and give her third, but um, she's got 800 prelims and 1500 prelims. And I, I think the 1500 finals all before, um, I just think that's a lot. It's hot. I mean, you know, Esther ran 202. That's hard. That gets in your mind in a head up like literally two weeks before. So that's my order. And I'm, I'm sticking to that. And I feel strongly about that. I like it. 
Yeah, hard hard to go with the favorite. Uh, hard to not go with the favorite on this one. So yeah, I've got Esther uh, winning it. Um, I've got Emily second, and then third. I think maybe a dark horse to uh, to win if the race plays out the right way. Uh, I've got Mackenzie Dixon from Milliken. Uh, you know she's fast. She was ranked sixth in the four hundred. She ran fifty six point oh four, which is flying. So if this race goes the right way, or I think what might happen is she might, she, she may have never been in a field with, with athletes like Esther and Emily, she may just go along for the ride and, and surprise them at the end. Um, when you've got 56 second quarter speed, um, you know, it, it's, it, it's, it's, uh, it's hard to beat that type of athlete. So uh, I've got her third. Um, don't be shocked if you see the, the big upset. Dang, I was ready to come out like, hey, listen to this. And you did literally said everything I was going to say about Dixon there from Milliken. She's on their four by four that qualified on the last chance meet in Augustana as well. Um, yeah, Esther going all on the eight. It's hard not to pick against her. Looking into Emily, she hasn't doubled much this year, but when she did, you know, she did a 433, 211 double, which, and she won by like 14 seconds in the 1500. So she has a little bit of experience with it, but I feel like when you get to a level where you can run sub 205, you know, you could get away with kicking hard in the last 400, especially with her having 56 speed as well. Um, but yeah, Esther, Emily, and then Mackenzie Dixon for me in the eight. Noah had Esther, Emily, and then Elise Lambert of Bates. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think Sydney Packard maybe getting a little overlooked here because of the top two. Um, judging by social media, it looks like they've been racing in masks, masks all year, which I can't imagine doing that in an 800. So potentially if they, you know, are able to and allowed by the school, don't have a mask on at the race, you know, maybe that could be a little bit of a lift for her um, in an 800 as well. All right. Men's 800. I'm kind of just throwing stuff at the board here. I got uh, Mike from Loras. Oh wait, I got him at second. I've actually got Steven Potter from UW Kosh as first. I just feel like everyone is so close in this. Um, and I feel like in the men's 800, everyone's going to be just be close to each other at the line. It's just going to come down to a kick at the end. I'm not sure that the Eastern Mennonite or the Millican guy really have as great of a kick. So I'm giving it to Oshkosh first, Mike from Laura second. Um, and then I'm actually going to go with a third pick, kind of random wash you, Alex, for third. I just feel like it's going to be a toss up race here. Okay. Okay. I like the UW Oshkosh pick for first. I didn't make it. I didn't have the, uh, the goal to do that. But what I do have is I do have an upset. I've got the Ben from Milliken with the win. You know, he's not doubling. He's not running out anything else. No four by four. Uh, Mike Jossa, the favorite, he's got a four by four. These guys both have 48 second quarter speed. Again, something you love to see. Rarely do you see guys in the open quarter in division three being able to run 48 point or 48 mid. So that's why I like those two. I have them one, two, but Ben taking the win. And then I have Potter third. My upset or my dark horse is uh, Jesse uh, Middendorf, another guy who has uh, 48 second uh, quarter speed. So I, I like I like 800 runners that have wheels. So that's who I'm picking. Yeah, Noah is going opposite order, three, two, one. Stephen Potter, Ben Cuxman, and Mike Jossa. I have Mike Jossa winning. I like he's been doing a lot of eight four by four this year. 
And when you have a 48 second speed, like you said, um, it's kind of hard to bet against. My dark horse for second is Idris Idris out of Stevenson. He's the only senior in the top eight. And I feel like with a field of a little bit of underclassmen and it takes some rounds to get through, it's only two, but he's been here before. I believe he's been an All-American before. Um, I'm going to take him second. And then I'm going to skip over all of your picks and go in Dalton Martin from Warburg third. They're going to be in the mix for a trophy he's on their four by four as well so you know he's got some wheels if he's on a national quality four by four can't wait to like all these picks just like don't play out and, and like so many people prove us wrong i'm gonna love it i'm gonna love it if, if potter wins too and i didn't pick him i'm gonna hear about it <laughs> yeah I, I think you might be taking away um oshkosh alumni rights potentially all right another tough one here um 1500 women's uh, I'll start with Noah's and we can go reverse order. Noah had Emily Pomainville, Ella Baran, and Ariel uh, Keklak from Johns Hopkins. So Johns, he has Johns Hopkins going two, three. I have a similar one too. I have Emily and Ella. I think Ella um, from Johns Hopkins, she will be in the 5K later, but she's been had a, a pretty good season and she's improved immensely in her career as well. Um, so I feel like just getting to the national meet and being there and running well is going to give her some confidence going in. And then I'm going to skip over her, t- both of her teammates and taking Jordan Hurlbutt from Rochester took down Parley Hannon this year. This is her only race. She's not doing a 15, eight double. She doesn't have a 5k. So she's going all in on the 800 or in the 1500, excuse me. And she does have 211, 800 speed. So you know, she could even be a dark horse to pull out, you know, a victory here. So with 211 and not running the 800 and you're going all in the 15, like that's, uh, I like that. Jordan. Yeah. You, yeah. I've got that pick for my third place too. I've got Jordan there. The same reasons. She's one of the fastest 800 runners in the field. You know, I've got Ella second, uh, and Emily, uh, you know, getting the win, getting the title here in the 1500, uh, some people to, to watch out for. I, I've got, you know, Sydney Packard, again, she's ranked 12th, but we just talked about how fast she is, the right type of race, and uh, people are going to be in trouble when you've got a 206, 800 runner coming coming from out of the pack. So I think that's someone who could potentially upset. Also, you've got Hopkins with three of the five top five seeds. Yeah. Um, you know, shout out to, to Coach Van Allen, obviously an incredible program, both in cross country and the distance side, but really, really strong uh, 1500 group. It'll be interesting to see if they use any team tactics in the prelims to get to make sure everyone gets through or, you know, figure something out in the, in the final, you know, go trade laps for a little bit there. It'd be interesting to see what they do or slow things down, knowing that they all have, um, or not all of them, but a few of them have a 5k after that. Yeah. My dark horse is actually Evie Boltmeyer from trying. Um, she's had a solid career out in trying, you know, they haven't had a whole lot of big meets in the Midwest and she does have, 215, 216, maybe even faster, 800 time in her wheelhouse. She had a great cross country, ran 21 minutes, something for the 6K. So she's had a good year. They've been running year round um, during the pandemic. So I think she could be a potential top three if it goes her way. I think Evie's a good um, dark horse. I debated about whether to put her on here, but I didn't. Last moment, I changed it as you guys were talking. I've got Emily first, um, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think that's clear. 422, just, I mean, 
even with other things before you just can't really beat that um 426 even running out that that's just that's much different level i would say than a 426 or 427 um and you know that got room to spare i actually going to give second to therese from john hopkins um more experience um she's been there before um teammates with um ella so i don't know i feel like in a way that kind of eases up your competition a little bit you're like oh you know it's just my it's just my teammate might not go as hard I mean I don't know nationals is nationals but you know you want to beat everyone else before you want to beat your own teammate so I think she's actually going to slide in there for second but then I think I mean 426 no joke I'm going to give third to Ella but I think Jordan and Evie are both potential dark horses in this field that can rise up and take some one of those spots easily so yeah, I mean, plus the having to run a prelim, you know, it can it can cause so much chaos, and someone can come out of here who we don't even know. So I'm excited. I think it's a it's a strong field as you mentioned, and uh, it's a good transition to you know another strong field, the men's 1500, to be considered top eight. You had to run 350 flat, which hasn't happened in quite some time. Um, Jordan, who you who do you have here? I'm gonna take some time to uh, to talk about someone that I had never heard of that I did some exploring on. Uh, Travis Martin, he is from Trinity in Connecticut. Um, he has run 151.2 in the 800, decided not to run it. He also gets the good guy award because he is 17th on the list in the 5K, chose not to declare, knowing that it's a very, very tough thing to come back from a 15 final and run the 5K uh, only a couple hours later. So he gave someone else an opportunity to get into the meet because he knew probably not his strong suit coming back after the 1500 final. Yeah. So he's going to have some awesome karma. I've got Travis Martin for the win. Oh, biggest wow. upset. We he's love got it. that good karma. And he's got the speed to do it. He's got 151. There's only one guy in this field that can match that. So I, I got Travis Martin for the win. That's my hot take of the meet. You know, coming in behind him, uh, I've got. Jacob Reiterhoff from, from WashU, another program where uh, they haven't had the same type of, of competition that, that everybody has been able to get, uh, especially early on. Um, so I think that he's a runner that's going to come on strong. And then I've got uh, Gabe uh, Palmier from North Central for third. Obviously came out of the gate. He's been leading the country all spring pretty much. Another guy that's run 151, got the wheels, um, and, and he'll come back a, a really, really strong third, I think. I've got Jacob first, actually. And then I've got I've got Gabe second. I just feel like North Central, like you said, leading the whole season. North Central, they know how to execute. He'll do it. He won't execute all the way, I think, but he'll execute enough, get that second place. And then I've got a little bit of a dark horse with Ian, Ian Pearson from John Carroll for third. Yeah, the John Carroll guys have been running well, and um, we had them on the YouTube uh, when we first launched that. And they're, they're a good group of guys, and they've been training hard, so – program on the rise for sure on, on the distance side um, I believe it's coach Batista yeah Kyle's doing a great um, job over there another shout out I think uh he's ranked third we didn't give him any love Frankie Reed true freshman um mm -hmm. run 348 this year so I, I know we didn't pick him but um shout out to coach Burrow up there in the the Northwest Conference um yeah. one of the fastest true first years I've seen in a, a long time I don't know if there's many that have run faster yeah, that's a good, there is a Ryan Harvey is also a, a true freshman, um, but he's gone 350. So not, not as fast. Uh, yeah. Noah's picks are Palmier from North Central, 
Frankie Reed from Lewis and Clark, and then Cal Yakin out of Otterbein. So similar to you, Jordan, I do have a dark horse in my pick. For third, I am taking Sam. I'm going to butcher his last name. I'm going to sorry, Sam. Lanesa out of Lynchburg. Another program that's on the rise. They've had five guys break 15 this year in the 5K. Um, similarly to your pick, Travis Martin, he's run 151.59, was 19th in the 800, so didn't have the opportunity. You know, he's not in the top eight. He's, he's run 350, though. Uh, and not in the top eight. So he's someone to look out for. Um, he's right behind Travis Martin in 14, 350.75. So he's my third. He's my third. So I'm going to go backwards. Second, I have Josh Fry at Colorado College. He, his, his 349 Double. is his first time at sea level. For a while there, he had a national qualifying time um, with or at altitude. And so that's his first legit time at um, sea level. So I like that for a second. And then I'm taking Ritterhoff Washu first. Uh, he went to Downers Grove North. I went to LT, West Suburban Silver Conference, showing some love. And Washu in the middle distance events is, is tough to deal with. Um, I, I, I watched Gabe take out Nick Hoffman at the last chance meet. Um, my only reason not taking Gabe is who is he training with right now? You know, he's run fast, not training with anyone, but is that going to come back to haunt him? North Central's not as strong as they usually are. They don't have 17 guys qualifying for nationals. So um, I don't think he's going to be as sharp in the racing strategy because, you know, who's he training with? So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, Josh Josh is the only one attempting the 815 double on the men's side, which is, is really tough. Um, only reason I didn't pick him just because – a lot of races um a lot of races got that altitude altitude strength and you got to be ready to close uh josh please make the final (laughs) (laughs) all right moving on women's women's 5k this is an interesting one the top eight all are under 17 or at least the top nine excuse me are all under um 17 minutes and there is a list of eight runners i have eight who aren't doubling and with this heat, I think that's going to play into it. So I'm going to give my picks first. So that way, none of you steal them. <laughs> I'm going to take Parley for the win. Isabel Cardi, second. Dickinson, she's going all in on the 5K, despite having times, I believe, in the five, for sure in the 1500 and also in the 10K. And then um, we just had Cassie on the, on the podcast and looking more into it. I mean, it's hard not to bet against her for third. Uh, she, she said that her 1645 was her really only time she raced a 5k and she won by a significant margin. So I think she gets a little bit out kicked though at the end. Um, I think it's going to be a somewhat tactical race and it gets going in about the last mile or so. I think she'll be able to hang on with that strength. I mean, running 34 minutes <laughs> puts you in elite level right now. And so, um, but I do see Isabel taking her down just because she'll be fresh. And then my dark horse um, pick Aubrey Fisher out of Wartburg. She's in the top three of the steeplechase right now, but similarly, you know, she hasn't really been contested in a 5k. So, you know, if she can come off that steeple strong, you know, we'll see what she can do. She had a great cross country season actually took down, um, Cassie Rosenbaum at the conference meet during cross country this year. So it will be her first national championship though. All right. I've got, um, yeah, I've got Parley. I mean, I feel like that's unless the 10 K goes balls to the wall, which I think it's going to, 
Um, I still think, I mean, she's got room. There's just, there's so much room for her to go really hard in the 10K. Um, no matter how that goes, still come back and get enough. I mean, she has, she just has so much room. Like she can make a few mistakes and still come out okay, I think, just with her speed. I mean, she's ran 16.05, I think, in indoor. I mean, it's just, there's, I think she easily has that. Um, second, I am going with Anastasia from Hope with a 16.37. I just think there's another gap. I think um, in this field, I think just tactically, she's going to be the only one that really is willing to go with Hannon for a while. I think everyone else is going to look at Hannon and be like, oh, she's too far ahead. Let her go. And so I think just tactically, Anastasia is going to put herself in that mix get that second, even though she has other events. And then I also have Isabel um, for third. I think she's the next fastest who isn't doing a double. Um, and yeah, actually, I think that- Anastasia isn't doubling, but she oh, does she have, she had okay. a qualifying time in the 15, but is going okay. all in. So well, then, yeah, definitely confirms second. your pick even more than yes. <laughs> Still staying with it. Um, and then I'm going with Isabel for third. I think, I think she'll jump, jump ahead of the other girls a little bit. I'd like to put Cassie in there, but um, I think if she, I think if she does what I think she should do, then she might not have enough in the tank for a, a great 5k in the 10k specifically. So, yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I'm in my 5k picks knowing that that 10k is going to be brutal. Um, even though it's going to be at 9 PM looking at the weather, it's, it's probably still going to be 80 degrees and, and pretty darn humid. Um, so Parley's got some, she's got wheels. She's got, she's run a fast 1500. So I think she has the upper hand in, in any event that she runs. Um, especially with her strength. So I think she's going to, I would hope she'll opt to not do a lot of the work in the 10K. And so she'll come back in this 5K um, and, and be ready to go. Um, so I think she gets the win. Um, I've got uh, Anastasia in second as well. You know, she's going to be fresh. She's, she's got good 1500 speed. Um, so even if it is tactical, um, she'll be ready to, to push at the end. Um, I have Isabel um, third. So we have a very similar list, Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see. This one's going to be fun because there's, yeah, it's, it's so close. You've got so many people doubling. Um, Yeah. It's going to be fun. It'll be interesting how much that 10 K is going to take out of kind of those, those favorites uh, at the front and and Cassie. Yeah. That's going to be the interesting part. She has the ability to probably run with Parley in the 5 K as well. Um, but it's, you know, how much is that 10 K going to take? Yeah. Noah has Parley, Ella Baron and Hopkins, and then Anastasia Tucker third, um, men's 5k. I, another just tough one to call. I mean, I feel like there could be a thousand combinations here. It's, it's, it's tough. It's plus with the 10 K steeple double Jordan White. Well, actually I'll kick us off with, with Noah. He's going Wilkinson Freiburger one, two, and then Ryan Cutter, who we just had on the pod third. Nice. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think Joe gets the national title here. He's, he's been running really well. Um, he should be, uh, lamenting this change in the steeple, Matthew Wilkinson praising the change. Um, <laughs> you know, Matthew's been on a tear. Um, He's been running well for a long time now, you know, kind of that, the coming out party in, in cross country 2019. Um, and even before that, you know, ran a really good steeple um, and has just really developed into an incredible runner uh, across all of the events. Um, I think he's tough. You look at, he ran that 5k essentially solo. I think he takes it pretty easily. Um, I think Joe is going to go with him and, and, and hopefully can put up a, a, a good challenge. 
Um, I think those two clear the field. Um, and then for third, you know, I've got Jared. Um, he's, he's down on the list. He hasn't run a crazy fast time, but we know that he's capable. Um, you know, I believe he was fifth in cross country in, in 2019. Um, he has run 29.20 per 10K. Um, I think he's just a tough, gritty runner. And I think he's going to put himself in a really good position. And, and I've got him third. Yeah, I, I also I have similar one, two. I've got Matthew first, Joe second. I think that's also going to be it's going to be pretty easily that um, Matthew can go pretty easy in the steeple and still win. And if he's smart, he'll do that just enough to win without a question. But I mean, he's got a big range of time in between him and second. I think he easily does that cruises his way. Um, and then Joe's got the 10 K, which won't be easy. So I think that's, I think he'll still get second, but, um, I think it's pretty clearly Matthew. Um, and then I've also, I've actually got Frank from Lynchburg for third. I think Lynchburg has got a lot of momentum going into this meet. Um, I think it's pretty easy to jump all the people in front of him. They're not too far ahead. I think he'll do it and take that third spot. Uh, yeah. Team considerations. Warburg has three, uh, in the 5k they could wrap up a team title in the 5k um, and not have to worry about the four by four. Um, you know, I think as fans, we always want it to come down to the four by four, but they probably <laughs> would, uh, they'd love to probably uh, wrap things up early. Um, yeah. You don't want a mountain union, North central type situation circa 2018. Yeah. So, you know, shout out to, to coach Chapman. Um, they, they've been running awesome as a group. They've got, uh, I didn't go through and look, but I think they're the only distance program, at least on the men's side, that has a, an athlete in every single distance event, 800 uh, through 10K in steeple. Um, and they have a couple in a, in, a, in a number of them. So shout out to that squad. Yeah, my picks for the men's 5K. It's hard not to go against the one-two. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to go Wilkinson over Freiburger. Similarly, because steeple hopefully won't take as much out of the 10K. I think Joe's going to put up a big fight in the 10K as well. I mean, that's another crazy race. And then, you know, it's such a, this is another tough race because there's so many guys in here who are capable of being top three on any day, but I'm going to have to agree with Noah. I'm going to go with Ryan Cutter. He's got that 350 speed. He's in the 10 K, which could be tough, but you know, he's had a body of work this season. That's been very strong against not so great competition. So I'm going to go with him at third and agree with Noah, unfortunately. All right. Women's 10 K ready for this one. Noah has Cassie over Parley upset upset. And then he has Alex Ross of Hopkins in third. It's hard yeah. to say Cassie's an upset though, because they've, you know, they've run so similar, but um, yeah, I think it could be considered an upset. I have actually also got Cassie over Parley. Um, wow. Yeah. I, I was in preparation for this I listened to part of your podcast from this morning and I actually didn't get to Cassie's but I listened to Parley's and she sounded pretty confident but I don't know I just Cassie's been there before I remember racing her in the 5k as a freshman when she was a freshman and she'd already won the 10k and she hung on for a while um I just think I mean experience man she knows what it takes she's done the double before 10k comes first I think she looks at this and I mean, if she looks at this and is smart, she's going to be like, this is my chance. You know, I'll try what I can in the 5K, but like, I think this is her chance to take her down, to get that win. Um, 
she knows that Parley's going to try to win both. And so Parley's not going to want to push it. I think Cassie should push it. I mean, I think she should go all out in the 10K, take it hard, uh, make Parley work for it. And I think she might be able to do it. Forget about the 5K if I were her. I'd just be like, I'll do it when I do it. Go for the 10K title, win another one. She's the reigning champion. You want to keep that in. You want to keep it to yourself. I mean, I think she's got it. Um, so then I have Carly second, and then I have Danielle from Tufts as third. There's just a big gap after that. So a big enough gap. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've got it a different way. You know, I've got Parley taking the win. Yeah, I think I think she's in a position where uh, she's got the 1500 speed. Um, she doesn't have to dictate. She should uh, she should be confident in her ability to close. And, and that means Cassie's now the one that's got to do the work. She's got to drive the train. And, and I just think, you know, physically, mentally out in the heat, humidity, it's going to be tough. I love to see it. I'm excited. Um, the 10 K's are, are always fun at the national meet because uh, you never know what's going to happen. I mean, we've seen, we've seen surprises. We've seen athletes uh, push to their limits in the 10 K, especially in, in, in bad weather. So it's going to be fun. Uh, third, I've got, uh, another athlete a little further down the list. Um, this is my NESCAC pick. I've got, uh, Jenna Gerard from Williams. Um, she ran two races only this spring, a 17 and change 5k by herself and a 35, 34 to qualify for this national meet looked like by herself. So I think she's got the ability to, to, to drop that quite a bit. Um, and, and I don't see anybody um, outside of those top two that, that she's not going to be able to run with. So I think she's going to make a big jump. Um, and that's my pick for third. Yeah, I have Parley, then Cassie, one, two. And then my third is going to be Clara Mayfield out of Carlton. Uh, similar reasoning, you know, the Mayak has only been in Minnesota. She hasn't had much competition this year. So that 35-33 is all by herself in a Minnesota spring. So there, uh, there's a chance there was snowing during that race. You never know in Minnesota. So I like her. I think it's going to go Parley and Cassie are going to go off the front. Um, Daniel page is going to go after them. And then there's gonna be a pack and they're going to bring her back. And I think Clara is going to going to take it there in the last two laps, my dark horse. And don't be surprised if she's an all American and even, even top three, um, it's a, it's a Homer pick. We love Homer picks. It's going to be Sophie Wolmer of Amherst or yeah, I was at Amherst coaching for about a, you know, season and a half before everything got shut down. And she was on fire, uh, that indoor season. She had a qualifying time for the indoor three K right at 10 flat. She fun fact, she ran a marathon during, during this whole shebang ran like ran two fifty for a marathon. So she's stupid fit right now. Um, I similar, I know they haven't had great opportunities. She actually did lose to Jenna, but, um, I don't think that was showing of her best performance. So don't be surprised if Sophie Vollmer is in the mix. All right. We heard it here. All right. Men's 10 K Noah's picks. It's literally everyone we've spoken with. Um, Jared first, Ryan cutter second and Alex Phillip third. This, this is on the men's side. This is the, the race I'm most excited about. It's just, you have so many guys that have run fast this year. Um, you've got obviously the top seed 29, 20, one of the fastest division three performances ever. But then you look at his 5k and he hasn't, doesn't have the 5k time. You've got guys behind him that have uh, a fast 5k. You've got Joe obviously ranked ninth, fast, uh, second fastest 5k in the country. Um, I just think this race is going to be a battle. 
Um, and I'm really, really excited um, to see how it goes. Um, but my picks, I think Joe's going to get the national title here. Um, he's been running awesome all year. You know, with that 14 flat 5K speed, I think, I, I think he'll be able to break the group uh, over the last mile or so. I've got Alex Phillip second from John Carroll. He just had a really impressive double at their conference meet, 29.45, and um, shows he's, he's in really good shape. My only worry is, like, is that gonna, he's still going to be feeling that kind of double um, off two weeks rest coming from the conference championship. But um, if he's ready to go, I think he's going to be in the mix. And then I have Jared um, in third. Um, again, we've already talked about him. He's, he's tough. I think he, he's going to be a, a tough guy to break, and I think he's going to be in the mix. My dark horse, though. My dark horse from Carlton he disappeared for a little while, but he's back. Lucas Mueller. Uh, I remember him 2019 pushing one of the uh, greatest division three distance runners of all time to the line in the 10 K um, with Drew Gobatel. Um and, uh, and, and now he's back. So I'm excited to see him mix it up. Uh, he's going to be He's gritty. Um, if anyone's going to upset, I think come with some of those favorites that, that we have, uh, I think he's the one to do it. Yeah. Speaking with Matt, he alluded to him being pretty fit. So it's interesting to see what he can do. I mean, similar, they did that in Minnesota by themselves. So, you know, it's, it, this is such a weird year of like running by yourself, that what are you going to do when it's hot, you know? So, and it's crazy that how deep this men's 10 K is, is that Joe doesn't even fall into the top eight because yeah. he ran 29 36, but the women were in the race. And so, uh, the NCAA decided not to allow that. Um, and so, you know, he did run another qualifying time, but you got to run 29 54 to show up in the top mm -hmm. eight, which is, which is crazy. Yeah. My picks. So yeah, I loved hearing all that discussion. I, you know, felt similarly, I think Joe is going to be too hard to beat in this 10 K. Um, he's got more of the strength. He may not have the speed, but I think the strength here is going to play a key in that. Um, and then I think it's going to come down to a kick. It's going to have to be. So with that in mind, uh, give me Ryan Cutter and then Alex Phillip, um, second, third, similar to Noah, but both of them are, you know, have some good speed. I think Jared is going to be fourth. I think it's come, I think it's going to be like bang, bang, bang. And it's going to have to go to a photo and see who it is. Like, it's just that it's going to be that close of a finish line. So Joe Cotter, Philip, Jared, one through four, you heard it here. All right. Watch, watch it hit. Give me that parlay. Can I <laughs> parlay that? I gave it to Jared. I thought he'd take it. Um, I gave him first. I gave Lucas second. I think he's going to push him. Um, but I don't think he's going to take down Jared. And then, yeah, I gave Joe third. I think this is Will. Um, I think he'll do well here, but I'm, I'm not going to give him all the way for first and second. I just feel like he's going to have that 5K in the battle with Matthew in the back of your mind. And I feel like that's really easy to, like, let that kind of be in the back of your mind at the end of a race, especially a 10K, where you just got to kind of go all out at the end after kind of just, like, heavy tempoing it alongside some of the other people. So I think he's going to – that will cause him to get third, but not worse than third, so. Yeah, the first 5K is just a warm-up, and then and then, yeah. it, then the race gets started. You got to – and then you just race a 5K. <laughs> All right, women's steeple. I'll give Noah's first so we can get that out of the way. Um, sorry, his picks are important. He's just not here, so I got to give him shit. Um, Aubrey Fisher for first, Melissa Rowland second, and then Anna Sla uh, Slager Tufts third wow is that what you okay. guys had too close i've got aubrey fisher first 
Um, just looking at her head to head with Melissa Rowland, I just think she's got all the other tools in her arsenal to beat her. Um, it's hard to say because I haven't seen either of them steeple and I feel like that's a big part of it is like how many times you've done it in like form, um, especially in such a crowded race like this. I think it's going to come down a lot to veterans and Aubrey Fisher at least is listed as a freshman. I don't know if she is a true freshman, but I'm still going to give it to her. I think she's got the speed and everything else to back up her win over Melissa. But then I've got Alyssa from Baldwin Wallace's third. Yeah, I've got, I've got a similar list. Um, actually it's identical to, uh, Noah's, um, I've got Aubrey Fisher for the win. Um, Melissa Rowland second and Anna third. Although I do have a dark horse who, you know what? I'm going to change my third pick. I'm going to go with my dark horse for third. Uh, Emma Maluli, UW lacrosse. I know again, picking a lacrosse athlete, but she has not lost a race since February. Uh, and I like people who win. Um, also the steeples an event where you can cut time. Um, so she could go run a 10 second PR at the national meet. And, and that's not unheard of. Um, the more, I think she's only run two or three steeples. So usually the more you run it, you know, the better you're going to be. Um, usually it takes three or four before I, I always felt comfortable with it. So that's my pick for third, um, with the upset, um, out of lacrosse. I like it. So I have a pretty, mine's kind of different, but also we have some similar people, so I have Alyssa Loftner of Baldwin Wallace winning it. I think especially in this race, she's been steepling for a few years now. Has been an All-American, has run great under Joe Eby. So I'm going to give her the nod there. Then I'm going to go Anna Slagger of Tufts beating her teammate. If you look at her progression, she start, this is her first year of steepling. And she started at 1120, went down to 1112 and then 10.55, and then 10.44. So mm -hmm. if you follow the trend there, she's going to drop another 10 seconds each race and be running 10.20, and who's going to be doing that in this field? So besides Alyssa, because Alyssa's going to win. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and then third, uh, Aubrey Fisher. Um, she's had a really good year, and it's hard to see her not be in the top three. And then my dark horse, not my dark horse, Melissa's going to finish fourth. All right, here's Noah's. He goes, Wilkinson, Neil O'Brien, Christopher Collett of Warburg. Oh, yeah, yeah this that's, is... e that's exactly what I had, <laughs> game for game. I think, I think Matt takes it easily. Um, and then, yeah, I literally had Neil and then Christopher as well. So we're on the same page and we're professional yeah. runners. So, you know, we can guess easily. <laughs> uh, this is the guarantee of the meet. All right, I'm going to go on record. I am guaranteeing victory um, for Matt Wilkinson. Um, you know, if, if there were odds, if there was betting, bet the house. Get the deed to the house. Every penny you've got, and you bet it on Matt Wilkinson. There is no betting uh, as a coach in NCAA rules. I'm not doing that. But if you have the ability to do it, you should. That's how confident I feel. 844 is incredible. We don't see those times. Um, yeah. You know, that's that's a time that's run once every 10 years in this event in Division Three. Um, 20 seconds faster than the next fastest uh, time this year. Um, I think he's going to win easily and not have to work that hard to do it. And, and that's why I think he's also going to uh, 
uh, win the 5K. I've got some different picks for, well, I've got Christopher uh, second um, from Warburg, like you all do. He's been running really well. He's got the 5K, so he's got the strength. He's, he's run solid. Um, I think he ran a pretty fast indoor mile. Um, so he's got the speed and the strength that you, you want to see out of your steeplers. Um, and so I think he gets second. I have Andrew George, UW Oshkosh, well-known for their steeplers finishing towards the front at national meets. That's so a plug got, for Jordan being an All-American in the steeple. Yeah, <laughs> um, just plugging myself. But um, he's, he's, uh, he's made a really big jump. Um, I think he ran like 412 indoor in the mile. So he's got, he's got the speed. Um, I've got him third. Um, I do have an upset uh, pick, someone who I think could, could easily crash that party in the top three. Um, that is uh, Greg Jondil, or Jondil from uh, Merovian. He's been in the field before. He made the 2019 field. Um, he's one of only a couple people in this field with national meet experience. I think this is one of the events that has a ton of new faces. Um, he ran 903 in 2019. Um, so he's, he's got the ability. Um, he just ran a PR in the 1500 of 353. So he's in shape. Um, so I think he's going to have a good meet and, and could potentially uh, crash that, that second or third party. No one's taken down Wilkinson. You already heard that. So he's not an upset to win. He's an upset to get second or third. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, clear pick for me for number one. Number two, you all ready for this? I love the research. Here's my research. Number two, Christopher Scharf out of Dickinson had a big jump. He went 918 at conference. He wins, unfortunately, at Charm City, goes up in time, runs 924, realizes he's on the cusp of the national meet goes out and runs 908 in the steeple to win the Rowan last chance meet on top of that this season, he's already run 824 for a flat three K. So I like that he's, he's on fire. I feel like this is steeples kind of those one things where you, you have to be going into the race with momentum. And as you probably know, you've set a uh, D three record, right? Head into the national meet mm-hmm. um, and you ran away with it. So I think having that momentum is key in the steeple. So give me him second. And then Andrew George, UW Oshkosh, love the tradition there. They do with the steeplechase, but yeah, Couldn't that's my, um, everyone's, everyone's so close. Um, yeah. without outside of Wilkinson, like anyone that made yeah. the field, um, can be, can be all American. Um, and, and it's going to be fun. All right. Four by four time. Noah's is easy for the women's. He goes one, two, three, SUNY, Loris, lacrosse. You know, SUNY is, I have them as first. They have a stacked team, um, which, you know, that, that 344 doesn't even include Emily. That was with a, a different woman. So they have five women. They've had, yeah, one with Emily, one without Emily. And they've gone 346 and 344. So they're the clear favorite here. Loris, they're going to need this for the team, team race. Um, I can't see them not being in the top three and then give me Bethel for third, Andrew rock coaching him up, up there in Minnesota on the podcast with his wife, Missy, uh, Buttry. he's won gold in the Olympics in the four, four, he's going to, by the power of osmosis, he's going to get a third place finish. Wow. I didn't know that's how it worked. I, yeah, I guess <laughs> that's coaching, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I've got similar, but a little bit of a change up. I gave it to Geneseo first. I think that's without a doubt. Um, but I actually gave UW lacrosse second and Loris with a third. I agree that Loris would be top three, but I think they mess up a little bit on one leg, one second, pretty easy. Lacrosse takes advantage of that, gets second. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think the women's title, I think is, is definitely going to get decided in the four by four relay, mm -hmm. all the teams that are, are in play, the three that I think will be battling it out, um, all have a four by four. They also all have like the best three, four by fours. So it's going to be <laughs> exciting. I've got Loris with the upset. Um, I think, you know, this is their moment. They're going to figure out a way to get it done. And then I've got, uh, Geneseo second and then lacrosse third. Your friends are going to come after you after hearing mm. the amount of lacrosse picks you've had. You know, well, when, when, when they're good, they're good. <laughs> uh, moving right along men's horror four. Um, Noah's got one, two, Washu, Warburg, and then he's got third, uh, UW lacrosse giving a snub to the Oshkosh guys. Yeah. I got Washu winning. Uh, I don't think they're any of their guys are in individual events, at least from, from my glance, I didn't see it. Um, so they're going to be fresh. They're going to be ready to go. Um, I've got Oshkosh second and uh, Warburg trying to seal the deal for the team title. I've got them third. Yeah, I've got Wash U first, Warburg second. I actually gave Mount Union third. I feel like they always win the four by four. So I'm just going to give it to them again. They can have their third place. They might not do better, but they're going to get third. Been there before and know how to do it. Um, AJ Digby seems to run down everyone all the time. So I'll give it to them the third Stu, is uh is andrew rock rubbing off on the men's four by four too yeah <laughs> uh he is not i'm going oh. with a different mindset here similarly mount union isn't going to win they're going to get second something's going to nip them at the line this time around and that's going to be uw oshkosh but i do think they're going to be in the mix for a team title they have a strong sprint crew and when it comes on the four by four, you know, I think that is going to be a big, big factor. You know, they've run under three fifteen, you know, multiple times this season. So um, I like that. And then give me Rowan third again, they could be in the mix with their, with their field event people. So it's going to come down to four by four, wash you fourth Warburg fifth, and then Laura sixth. their top six. All the picks. Wow. wow. All right. Um, women's. Uh, Loris is going to win in the eyes of Noah, lacrosse second, Ithaca third, and Eau Claire. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I'll keep mine. I've got Loris beating lacrosse. Okay, there. I'm not picking lacrosse for the win. Loris wins really tight. Again, I think it's going to come down to uh, the four by four. I've got lacrosse second. I think those two will pull away from the other teams. I've got SUNY third, and I've got Ithaca. All right, I've got lacrosse first, um, Euclid second, Loris third, and then Geneseo with fourth. Ithaca's pole vaulters are one, two right now. You do that mm -hmm. and probably wins two, you know, they have to be in the mix. They have a third pole vaulter as well. I don't think it's enough though. They're third in my eyes. Um, Sunni Geneseo, Emily and their, their heptathlete, Emily Lavarnaway, and some 400 people are going to get them the fourth place trophy. So there's third and fourth. I'm going all over the place here. It's hard to go against UW lacrosse. And right now I think they're too strong, but lacrosse one, Loris two, 
Ithaca three, Geneseo four. Sorry, Eau Claire. All right, Noah's um, picks straight down the list uh, in order: Warburg, Lacrosse, Oshkosh, Eau Claire. Okay, I've got uh, I've got Oshkosh pulling the win. You know, they're going to need a lot of things to go their way. They've got a lot of entries and they've got a lot of guys kind of in that 10th to 15th range that, you know, if they can sneak points, um, it's going to get them in there. They're going to need some things to not go Warburg's way um, to on paper. Uh, Warburg's got a lot of points, um, but I've got Oshkosh one, Warburg two. I've got it coming down to two points. I'm taking Oshkosh by two. Um wow. And then I've got uh, Rowan third and UW-Eau Claire is going to trophy. Uh, they're going to get fourth with 26 of their points, I'm saying, coming from the deck. They have three, they have three guys in the deck. I believe they're ranked one, two, and five. Or one, maybe they're one, two, three. One, two, they're one, two, three, seven. Yeah, one, two, three, seven. Um, I think they go one, two, three. Um, oh yeah, I have 26 points that I wrote down that they're supposed to get. But I think they trophy and they're gonna get most of their points from one event. All right. I've got Wartburg. I think they'll take it. I do have Oshkosh second though, with a little bit of an upset, but still across coming in third. And then I've actually skipped all the way down to Rowan for fourth. I don't see how Wartburg is very strong across the board. As you mentioned, they have a distance person in every um event plus the sprints plus the hurdles it's gonna be too tough i'm going oshkosh second i think their sprinters and field event is just a little bit too strong eau claire third and then for fourth i'm gonna agree with annie here i think rowan is gonna jump lacrosse they have a lot of field events they have both relays you know similar to lacrosse but that long jump where they're one, two right now, I think that's going to play a big, big role. So going to take what Yusufka has as the top five and just bump lacrosse down and move Rowan up. Yeah, it's tough. It's, you're going to need a lot of points. Um, I think, I think it's going to take close to 40 points, the trophy, which is more than certain years. There's been years where low twenties or mid twenties have gotten your trophy. I don't think that this is one of those years. Um, so I, I tried to do the math. I thought, I'm like, man, can Carlton win a trophy with, with, uh, with two guys? And uh, I don't think they can get it done. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, I think the top four teams are all going to score 35 plus points. And, um, and that's why I think, you know, Warburg, uh, when you're in the lead, you've only got points to lose out on. Um, so I think it's going to be tighter than it is on paper uh, with them and some of the other teams. Whew, I'm tired after that. That was awesome. <laughs> Almost an hour and a half of straight D3 track talk coming to you from D3 glory days. Those are our predictions. We'll see what happens here. If you want to make your predictions, head to the link in the bio or the show notes. You can make yours. We're up to 70 already. So not bad, not bad at all. Um, Annie, Jordan, thank you so much for joining. Uh, I'll give you a room for any closing remarks. Uh, thank you. This was fun. Um, it's fun. It's fun to talk track. I don't get to do it much these days, uh, without any athletes. So this has been fun and yeah, it's a unique position. Normally I've got, you know, uh, guys competing, so I, I wouldn't, wouldn't do something like this, but this year I've got no one running, no one competing. So, uh, 
I just get to be a fan. Yeah, I agree. I feel like this is the first time as well. Missed out last year on there being a national meet, being able to stalk everyone's tifers. So it was very enjoyable to do all the research, not be looking at everyone that's faster than me in the steeple at the trials for once <laughs> and just looking at, oh, okay, things I don't have. I don't have a skin in the game for really. So it was enjoyable. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank you. And good luck to everyone in their picks and all the athletes. Thank you.